Welcome to the show, everybody. My name is Chris. I'm here with Alex Navarro and Peter Marchiafava. And you're up against the hard cap. That's right, everybody. We are back and ready to rock again. It is the hard cap with your host, Peter Marchiafava. And of course, joining me as always is my man, Chris Page. What's going on, Chris? Yeah, boy. And uh, and our guy, Alex Navarro. Alex, what's happening, my friend? Oh, oh man. Chris, did we, did we forget to call Alex? Did we fire him by accident? I don't think I fired him. Oh, maybe I did. Uh, oh, I hope I didn't. Well, well yeah. He's not I mean, here. Exactly. <laughs> oh, Alex, we know you're listening and we know that you are just fuming right now, but our bad dude. We'll catch you on the next ride. We miss you, buddy. We do. Oh, as hope always. you can join us again soon. Let's uh, wish him the best and hope that he uh, comes back very soon. Chris, let's discuss something first, man. Do you have any corrections, omissions, anything that we need to talk about between season one and season two here? Um, yeah, I want to correct uh, and omit much of season one. Um, <laughs> anything that I said that was wrong about uh-huh. um, sports. So everything you said, gotcha. Fantasy football. Actually, I think I nailed it on a few things, so. You know, looking back, I, I was right on some stuff, but I was really wrong on my my championship picks. Mm-hmm. Every sport, so <laughs> <laughs> it's but, tough when it's tough when it actually gets recorded, isn't it? Isn't that the yeah. worst part? It's yeah, like, yeah it came from a good place. I was just wrong. Exactly, it always comes from the town of hope. That's where it comes yeah. from. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, you know, I I think we did a good good season one. It was solid. Yeah. I I was, uh, I was happy, you know, obviously it was our first time doing anything like this. So, you know, we had a lot of, you know, a few bumps in the road. We had to overcome a few things, but I think by the end we, we kind of reached a good comfy point and it's just a shame we had to, you know, go on hiatus for a little bit. Right. right, Speaking of which, Chris, uh, I noticed you got a bit of a haircut there, dude. What's, uh, what's going on? Ooh, you know, I, uh, I didn't so much get a haircut, um, as it fell out of my head. Um, if you recall, I made a, a bit of a joke about, um, a, a lobster tail sign on the side of the road on my way to Rochester to, to go to the Mayo Clinic. So, uh, turns out I, I've got cancer and I'm currently fighting, uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma, which, you know, I'm really grateful that it sounds like there's a, a good chance I can recover from this and, and come out on the other side, um, golden, um, but I don't want to jinx myself. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm staying cautiously optimistic, but I know I'm in the best hands possible. So I'm really excited there. Um, you know, the, the good side of this is, um, you know, I've been, I've been able to be with my family. Um, I haven't felt the best that's for sure, but I'm going to give it my all, uh, this season and, and this episode and, and do the best I can to, to stay with you and, um, uh, bring as much energy as possible. I will tell you, um, my wife has been amazing. She's been an absolute rock the entire time. Um, and she's, she's been all about trying to make me meals constantly. <laughs> and keeping, which is awesome. Keeping you fed, man. That's, yeah. You need that energy. Um, she's, she's like, I gotta keep, I gotta keep you eating. The other night she made me something really good. And when she put it down on the table in front of me, she said, careful, that plate is hot. And I said, don't worry. I've only got eyes for you. 
<laughs> oh gosh. Oh, uh, so so that that part hasn't been. That's that's still still good. I still huh? got it. You I still, still got it. Well, I mean, let's let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> but either uh, way, I'm excited for a new season of the Hard Cap. As well, you should be, sir. I, and and just to not to put too fine a point on it, but man, we we're we're carrying all the optimism for you if you don't if you want to be cautious about it because we um you know and speaking. I can think I can safely say from your from all your friends, man. We can uh, we're rooting for you, and we got I feel the love. Nothing but the best uh, hope and love, and you know we're doing our part to try and feed you weekly and and see what we can do yep. for you. It's it's tough that's being true. long distance in these situations, man. But that's true. Props to you guys sending food here for for me and my family. Big I mean, help. I, I don't want to say that I'm an altruistic genius, but. You know, whatever whatever labels people want to put on it, um, this is definitely not Snyder's idea. I think Kevin can safely say he was not a part of this at all. It's all me, just one hundred percent. So yeah, right, totally, totally, totally. But but anyway, it's it's not about me, right? That's definitely not about me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank man. you. Of course, dude, and and yeah, I look forward to uh to seeing that that head of hair come back as soon as you're done with your treatment and. uh and for us to be able to finally meet up as soon as possible. Heck yeah. I got I got a few bobbleheads to share with you. Ooh, I'm looking forward to it. That's right. Looking like a sports bobblehead. Speaking of bobbleheads, Chris, we're gonna we're gonna have a little discussion later on this uh this episode. We're gonna have a, a bit of an autopsy for the White Sox. As you know, the White Sox have not had the best season. Ooh. And by that I Woof. mean it's been just painfully disappointing how bad that they are so we're going to go ahead and discuss some of the more disappointing parts as well as a couple bright points in this autopsy and see exactly who deserves to be donated to next year's team what do you say i'm in let's do it perfect but before we get into that chris it has been a hectic week of sports as you guys know we record on thursdays so you know keep that in mind of course but I'm just going to let you take it away here, buddy. What, what's what's going on in your week of sports? Man, my week of sports has been dominated by me watching what happened on waivers in the NFL when cutdown day happened. That's where a lot of my reading has been. And I'm actually, this is going to be maybe the one and only time you're going to hear something positive come out of my mouth about the Chicago Bears. But um, All right, no, as, let's, let's hold on a second. Let's make sure that we get this set up correctly. Chris, you've got some good news about the Bears. <laughs> Take it away. Dude, they're they're all over the waivers. Um, and Alex Leatherwood, former first round pick, mm-hmm. um, was was with the Raiders, just didn't work out. He's got he had problems with, with his technique. Um, but that's an offensive lineman that you know the Bears need. If they can figure him out, if they can help him figure out his technique, that's a steal. Um, uh, they did a lot of damage uh Most definitely. after yeah, I think they claimed six guys day one. They've claimed two more since. Um, they got a linebacker. Uh, they got a corner. They've done some damage. And and these guys, yeah, they might not end up being you know first or second string, but they could be really big contributors in special teams mm-hmm. or over the next coming years be a big part of this team. And the bottom line is that they just don't, they don't have the talent right now to be picky about it. Like they, you know, you, you constantly hear that they should be churning the bottom third of their lineup constantly. 
those last 20 guys should just be a, a rotating door just to get as much information as possible. So you know, and when you find those hidden gems, that you can hold on to them and pick them up, and make sure that they're there when the bears actually get good. Right. So I'm, I'm very much, I, I, I agree with you on that. And I would say one more positive thing here is the play of Justin Fields in that final preseason game. Yeah. The man had yeah, he a looked fantastic good, didn't he? half. I've, there's a lot of people who have been, there's almost as much hype about Justin Fields as there is about Jack Sanborn right now. But I mean, Fields, Fields look really good in that, that half. My goodness. <laughs> if that's what he's going to play like now, it's preseason, and for part of that, he was playing against second stringers. But I'm still impressed. It's just about understanding the offense, honestly. Yeah. Like, and and he showed that he has a great, a, a decent enough understanding of the offense at this point in time. Um, and, you know, Luke Getzey obviously spent some time working with him, so I'm impressed. Um, we've got to see it during the regular season, though. So I don't want to get too ahead of myself. Right. But, but the point is that he's making the passes and he's seeing the right things. He's seeing the open guys. And that's something that was, you know, missing last year. It was, it was tougher for him to find that stuff. You'd see glimpses here and there, but it does seem like he's actually made the leap in year two. And we're not talking a Matt Nagy, Mitch Trubisky, like false leap year two leap. We're talking, it might be actually something real here. Might be fingers crossed. Good luck to you, Justin Fields. I know you're listening. He is, and he's listening intently because he loves our show. Yeah, I'm sure of it. Justin, we'll uh, we'll get back to you, all right? But, you know, about that thing downstate. What? I feel like you're making this up. That thing with the guy, Chris. The guy from yeah. the place? The, the guy from, da- oh, da- from the downtown spot? Yeah, yeah, they paint houses for you. Yeah, 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 and they walk your dogs on weekends. Wait, what does that mean? Oh, they actually walk your dog. On they the walk weekends. your dogs. On oh, weekends. I don't oh, know what, nice. I don't know what so you're then. insinuating that means. I have Does that no mean way. something? There's is no that code? You know what? I think the first episode is just about done. It has been a pleasure talking to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Before we take a break, do you have anything else you want to discuss here? No, I'm good, man. I'm, I'm excited to get into it. We're the meat and potatoes of this episode is going to be pretty fun. All right. Let's get into our socks topsy, shall we? <laughs> we'll be back. Have you ever been really excited to go to a movie and it's like an M. Night Shyamalan movie and it's like the movie he makes right after The Sixth Sense and you like, you're like, I'm into this guy as a director. This is going to be great. And then you show up at the movie and it's just kind of, okay. I guess. All right. And then you leave and, and that's, that's what you got. Isn't that kind of this year's White Sox team? I literally could not have said about it better myself there, Chris. You're absolutely right. That is this year's White Sox team. As a matter (laughs) of fact, I would say that they're kind of dead right now, aren't they? They're about six games back as we speak. I don't know. Can Bruce Willis see them? If he can't see them, then they're still alive, which is even more painful considering the fact that we know they're not going anywhere. And on that note, Chris, let's go ahead and see what we can donate to next year's team. Let's see if there's anything that was truly just odd this year that can be salvaged for next year. What do you say, buddy? You want to get into that? I think that there's a lot that can be salvaged. Well, let's find out, shall we? Let's get into the autopsy room with the White Sox. 
First up on the slab, we've got Yasmani Grandal. Yasmani Grandal, oh. catcher. And DH, mainly DH at this point for the White Sox. Man has had one of his worst seasons ever, batting 202 with a 257 slugging percentage for an OPS of 566. Truly just awful, awful play this year. And it's been an awful year in the sense that he's had injuries as well. And he's just been in and out of the lineup. He hasn't been reliable defensively. Dr. Page, tell me, Yasmani Grandal, can we donate him to next year's team? No, no, we can't. And honestly, man, here's the thing. He was a great player, but in the amount of time that he's been with this team, he's barely played any games. And he's such a liability at the plate. He had the power before he came to the White Sox, and he was hitting home runs. You put him in a home run hitter's park, and he's not hitting home runs. And his, his average is so low. His OPS is low. How low That's, is it? 566 is the OPS, oh, oh, right? Yeah, I mean, right. Yeah. so, so no, in my opinion, it's time to look for, cause he's, he's basically a re- replacement level right now. Right. So, oh, and that's, no, he's not Chris. He's his not own, even at replacement it, it, level. Yeah. So at this point it's time to say, we got to find the next, the next guy up. And, and I mm-hmm. think they've got that already on the team right now in Sebi Zavala. And, and Sebi Zavala might not be a superstar, but this is a guy that can play for the White Sox next year, and I'd feel comfortable with it. Right. And he's definitely a guy who can, he, he can definitely, you know, be a catcher for you every few days, but I don't know that he's going to be your starter next year. Do you? No, no. I don't think he's going to be like the, the main dude. Okay. No. But, but having another guy in front of him and just having him right. be a good backup piece, 100%. For sure. I'm yep. with you on that front. What's your thoughts on, on Yaz? My friend, Yaz is, like you said, he has been a supreme disappointment this year. Even even like last year, he had a bad first half, but he kind of tore it up in the second half. He was getting walks, and if not a walk, he was getting a double or a home run. Like He was he was doing a great job last year with his on-base percentage, and he, he had value to the team. This year, he has absolutely no value. And the worst part is, is that the, even the pitchers don't want to have him as their catcher. It's... It's, it's gotten to the point where he can't throw people out, so he can't be a defensive catcher. He's not great at pitch framing. He just he doesn't call the right game. Like It's, it, it's getting to the point where it's just not working out. So no, I, I don't think he's, uh, he's salvageable. We're going to have to get rid of the Yaz. Okay. All right. All right. Yaz, see you later, buddy. Man, just do it. If just do gonna... it. Do it. You need to do it. Shut your mouth. Find something funny. And put that out of your mouth. If it's funny, then I like it. If it's not funny, then shut your mouth and don't say anything. Is that what you're telling me? All right. Who's next on the list? Next on the list, we have a Mr. Lucas Giolito. Uh, The man's got a five plus ERA right now, and he just does not look comfortable pitching at the moment. Um, He mentioned that some of it was due to the fact that he kind of bulked up this offseason and he was trying out new pitches, things of that nature, but he just has not been himself. And if the White Sox would make the playoffs this year, he definitely wouldn't be a starting pitcher. So, Chris, you tell me, should we donate Lucas Giolito to next year's team? I mean, who else are you going to bring in? Can Giolito be a fifth starter for this team? Right? Can can he? I think he can. I would think so. I think that he's put in the work. The last three years, he has been top 11 for the Cy Young Award. Like he is 
normally one of the top pitchers in the league, but for some reason this year, it has just not been working out for him. Yeah, and that happens to pitchers. They have down years. That's okay. I'm not at the point where I'm ready to say we need to say see you later. I think that he can be donated to next year's team. Fair enough. You know, and I, I don't disagree with you on that, Chris. I I believe he also can be donated to next year's team. Um, even though he hasn't, you know, and, and awkwardly enough, it's kind of been since they stopped letting you doctor the ball, you know, with that mm-hmm. stick him and all that sort of stuff. He's that's kind of when he started going downhill. So hopefully it's not that sort of thing, but you got to hope that with his with Ethan Katz, you know, his high school pitching coach, that he can get that turned around and actually do something next year and, and be more of a positive note on this team. But yeah, I'm definitely willing to see him there. Let's uh, let's donate him to next year, shall we? All right. Fingers crossed. Save the Giolito. Who's next? For the next player, we've got somebody whose name has been coming out of both of our mouths quite a bit this year. In frustration and elation, but mainly in frustration. That man is singer and baseball player, Yoan Moncada. Chris. He's a singer? Yeah, man. He's got his own album. He actually, his his walk-up music is his own music. No, it's not. Seriously? 1,000% serious. Well, maybe he should keep working on that profession. Because you know how I feel about Carson Wentz? It's about how I feel about Yoan Moncada right now. Oh, no. Yeah. How did he get that personal, Chris? Because he was the number one prospect in Major League Baseball. Yes, The White Sox traded Chris Sale for him. And honestly, we haven't seen what I would have expected out of the top prospect in Major League Baseball at all. Yeah. Sure, he had some solid seasons where he he hit for average. His OPS was pretty good. Um, But he's never really hit for a lot of power. For a guy that looks like he should. And we heard all about his power when he was coming up. Mm-hmm. I'm just a little confused what happened along the way. So for me, Moncada is not the answer anymore. You know, he's another one. He his his batting average is 197 this season. His OPS is 582. It's rough. Not good enough. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, but no. No more. And there are going to be guys in free agency this coming offseason that the White Sox can get. But Moncada's still under contract. The question is, what do you do there? Any thoughts, Peter? Do they trade him? Do they release him? What happens there? You know, do I you was, even think he should stick around or no? It's a it's a tough thing, Chris, because Yohan Moncada, like you said, he was one of those guys that was been he's been hyped to us for so long. I just looked, he's 27 years old now, 27 and 97 days. The man should just be entering the absolute prime of his career. And like you said, he's having his worst season yet, essentially, with a OPS plus of 65. It's it's truly pathetic. He has been well under average. I'm going to have to still say donate Yohan Moncada to next year because I, I still feel that that talent is there, and I, I want to see it come through. And I... I truly want him to be a better player than he's been showing us because he's he's always got those he's got those flashes and when you see those flashes you see his true power he's just too good to to give up on so no i'm gonna i'm gonna have to donate him man okay well then i need to see some better body language out of him because he just constantly looks like he (laughs) doesn't want to be there um he looks like he'd rather be singing so 
let's let's uh if if we're donating him to next year's team he better show me something let's hope that he does next year ben let's let's truly hope that he does because like you said it's i believe it's a contract year for him so he will have something to prove at that point all right moving on this is a man who has been one of the true surprises for the white Sox this year came out of absolute nowhere i believe he was just barbecuing down in the dominican republic when the White Sox gave him a call and made an invite to the minor leagues. Since then, the man has only given us a 2.98 ERA, having gone six-plus innings in like 12 straight games with a 1.17 whip. The man, the myth, the legend, Johnny Cueto. Chris, Johnny Cueto has been amazing, but he's also 36 years old. Do you want to donate him to next year's team? Here's the thing. I love what he did this year. I love it. Mm-hmm. He's been awesome. And what a story that could have been if this team lived up to their expectations and Johnny Cueto was there with them and doing this. Oh my goodness. But instead, Johnny Cueto is there pitching his socks off, yeah. literally. Uh, <laughs> but the rest of the team is just hanging out, chilling. So I don't know at his age, I don't know if he could he could replicate what he did this year again next year. The odds would be against it. And that's the tough part. That really is. Cause you, you just, you don't know that he's going to be able to do it. I would say that next year, if he comes back, it would have to be on another, unfortunately, another minor league deal. I don't know that the white Sox will spend any money on him. Um, so if they can get him back, I would love to see him try again because the way that that man pitches, it feels like he can do it forever. And with his attitude, his confidence going out there on the mound, I think that it's only been, a positive thing for the other pitchers, which is our, which has been generally one of our bright spots this year. Pitching yeah, has been, yeah, great. for sure, yeah, and he has, he has been a huge bright spot. So, yeah, if we can pull it off, we could bring him back, and he could do it again. Yeah, baby, because <laughs> this this team, if you make the right moves in the off season, this team could do some serious damage. They, I mean, some people had them as favorites to win the World Series last year, even. All right, Chris, speaking of having the talent and seeing it through, we're going to move on to our final suspect here. Not suspect, our our final body here. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. This is a man who has, uh, he's definitely gone through it with the White Sox. He's, uh, he's been told what to do, and he's told others what to do. And, uh, and he just takes it all and keeps moving along. That man is Rick Hahn, the general manager. Chris, are we donating Rick Hahn to next year's team? Here's what I'm going to tell you. I really, really liked Rick Hahn. Ooh, past tense. Yep, because over the course of the last season and this season, there have been multiple opportunities to make some decisions and make some moves, and it Mm -hmm. didn't happen. I don't know how much of that is Rick and how much of that is Jerry, how much of that is Ken, but something has to happen, and it should have happened in the offseason. There were second basemen out there. There were outfielders out there. There were guys that could have made huge impact. Look at Kyle Schwarber. Look what he's doing. Come on. There are, there are so many things that we can point to that Rick Hahn could have done. But again, we don't know if it was him or Jerry or if it was Kenny Williams that, that didn't want to make these moves. What I need to know as a White Sox fan is who's really pulling the strings. I want to know who's pulling the strings. Who is making these decisions? I can tell you that right away, Chris. Jerry Reinsdorf. Jerry Reinsdorf runs this team. It is his team. 
Rick Hahn can do everything he wants to do. He can get a lot of great interviews going, get a great list together, and Jerry's going to be like, nope, X all of that. Give me TLR. You know, that's, that's, what, that's what Jerry Reinsdorf does. He'll let you do what you want to do up to the point where he decides he wants to butt in. And as the owner of the team, it's well within his rights. Well, I think Rick Hahn has one last chance to get you know, this right. You know what frustrates me? They offered Manny Machado a ton of money a couple of years back. Where did that money go? Why wasn't oh, that yeah. money put back into the team these past couple of years? What happened in free agency where they just did not go after another high-value free agent? That's a great point. I know he hasn't had the great year, but Nick Castellanos is somebody who I've wanted for years on the White Sox. I feel like he'd fit in perfectly. It's, it's just so frustrating. And then they, 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 they boast about the number seven payroll in the league. That doesn't mean anything if you're not winning. It's 500. No. You needed to right. put more into this team. You knew that you had holes and you did nothing about it. Right. And the pitching was a glaring hole. Mm-hmm. The second base problem was a glaring hole. Mm-hmm. Outfield, we can figure we could have figured out. I mean, Gavin Sheets has been been pretty fun to watch. You know, like there you could have figured out right field. But you had to do things in free agency and in the trade market mm-hmm. with pitching and second base. You had to. Yeah. And and nothing was done. Nothing. And I would call that move last year that they made nothing. I would call the, I mean, getting Elvis Andrews this year. Dude, that's a okay. waiver wire move, man. That's, yeah, I, exactly. I mean, but don't boast about it. It would, so, have been, it would have been criminal for them not to get him after what happened to Tim Anderson. Sure. Yeah. Right. So I just don't, I don't have a lot of faith left, which is really sad because I had a ton of faith in Rick Hahn and, and what he was doing with this team. But if Jerry and Kenny are are forcing their hand on everything, then I'm sorry, but it ain't it ain't gonna work out. I think this White Sox team won the World Series in 05 in spite of of Jerry and Kenny. Um, so they've got to make it. They've got to make moves. Rick has to pull some heavy levers this off season. If you can get, you know, maybe one big position player and a handful of pitchers that yeah. know how to really pitch under pressure on this team, then you're going to do something. Whether we donate Rick Hahn or not, like you said, it really doesn't matter because Jerry Reinsdorf has to open up the purse strings. Yep. He's got to be That's the one true. to spend the money. The money that he set aside for Manny Machado now needs to be spent on other players. Right. Yep. Yep. What a cruddy situation. <laughs> oh. Well. Them's the White Sox. Yeah, um, this was a bummer of a segment. Why? What, yeah. what was I thinking, Chris? What's going on, man? Well, we're mad to those yeah. people listening. Like we're we're mad, angry, you know, disgruntled White Sox fans right now. You'll hear the booze and you'll drink the booze. Oh yes, you will. Not me. I can't. I can't have any booze. Doesn't make. I, I could, Chris, but it'd be a bad decision to mix booze with chemo. Yes. That's. I. I hear that's not great, but you know what? I'll be boozing for two. I'll booze for everybody. Oh, hey, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Going to the game on Saturday, and I'll make sure that I have a couple extra for you. All right. All right. Uh, we do wish the best to Tony LaRusso, though. Uh, he is out indefinitely right now with some health issues that nobody really knows about. But, yeah. um, you know, regardless of how we feel about the, the management and, and mismanagement of the team this year, we do wish him the best. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, you know, our anger here is baseball anger. It's not life anger. And when it Correct. comes to life situations, you know, all I want is the best for people. And 
and that includes Tony LaRusso. So get better soon, man. And we know he's listening. We know get, he's listening. You know, Tony, I, I'm going to say this: get better soon, and do better later. All right, buddy. Ooh, noise. That'll do it for the White Sox autopsy, or Chris, what is it called? The Sox topsy. The Sox topsy. When we come back, it'll be time for Matt gets answers, and. Peter's hurried trivia question of the week because I still don't know what I'm going to say, but we'll be back. Hey, Chris. Hey, what, Peter? Are you ready for some trivia? Yeah, as long as it's not Alex's trivia. Big surprise for you on that front, buddy. It's not Alex's trivia. It's Peter's hurried trivia of the week. Peter's hurried trivia, where he doesn't think of anything. And then when the show starts, he's got to come up with something dumb. So he makes it sound cool by saying, I rushed it. Peter's hurried trivia. <laughs> and, and joining us, we have Matt Getz, who will be giving us Matt Getz answers later on. Matt, are you in on the trivia? Yeah. Uh, Chris, I don't um, believe I offered Matt the trivia. Why are you offering my trivia to Matt? Oh, uh, this is awkward. Yeah. Um, Matt, I'm I, not sure you're going to be able to play. I feel very awkward. Now I feel like I have to I'll just to whisper the answers to Chris then. All right. That works for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was funny because on my People screen, can't you see got, us. You actually, that was you a visual joke for those of you listening. <laughs> Chris, Chris took off one earpiece and, and just moved his head closer to the side so Matt could whisper. And Matt just froze. He did nothing about it. Well, there's no question to give him anything yet. I was just waiting. I promise I would be better than Alex, but at this point, I don't think it's going to happen. So I'm just going to do my best here. In Major League Baseball, only four pitchers have had a streak of five innings pitched and under one ERA. Can you name two of those four? Justin Verlander and Dylan Cease? Matt, yes, you're invited. What's your answer, sir? Ah, thanks, guys. Let's go with. I'll go with Carrie Wood. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Solid. Mm -hmm. Wow. And Cy Young. Solid choice as well. (laughs) I will give you partial credit. You got the team right for one of those players. Okay. And Chris, you were spot on with Dylan Cease. Congratulations. He's actually tied for the longest streak at 11, but he is tied with Bob Gibson, who also has 11. He did it in 1968. And then the two players tied for 10, Matt, or Matt, congratulations. I'm going to give you Jake Arrieta, who did it in 2015 <laughs> and 2016. Yeah, that's, that's what I meant. And then, <laughs> what? <laughs> and then the other player was Jacob deGrom last year oh man so not quite there for uh for mr verlander but i i think that's why dylan c should be cy young this year right chris i mean he could never be cy young cy young is cy young he could win a cy young award you moron don't i i mean i it's my first <laughs> day back man all right cut me some slack it's like the Jeez. ultimate flex. You can never be as good as someone if you're winning their award. Like <laughs> right. even if your record crushes right. them, you're still getting their award. Right. Oh, man. right. That's why I always love that the NBA Finals MVP award is the 
Bill Russell award because yeah. no one else will ever be as good as him in the finals. It's ridiculous. Not Jerry West, that's for sure. Hey, oh, you got pissed. <laughs> Just dunked on you, Jerry West. Or at least that factual HBO show would have us now. Yeah. Yeah, that was very, it was all facts Totes on facts. winning time. Totes. All right, that will do it for Peter's hurried trivia question of the week. <laughs> Jeez. It's all right. Transitions will come in a few episodes. Don't worry about it for now. I know it's just one question. Oh, yeah, that's it. I'm not like Alex. I can't come. That's why they're hurried, because it's just the one. And I literally just found it in the last break or two. All right, let's move on to somebody who hopefully has some more answers for us. Or should I say some more questions? Because he doesn't want questions. Matt gets answers. Matthew, good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. Good evening. Depends on where you are. What time you're listening to this? But pretty good sure to be back, guys. Everybody's listening to it between one and five p.m. right now. Yeah, so. when you're supposed to be working for most people. Matt, right. did you want some theme music? Man, I would want nothing more than for All you right, to hit right. me with my theme music. Let me think. Let me think for a second. It's that time when he shows up to ask a bunch of questions about sports and random stuff. It's Matt gets answers off from us. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Let's start off with my favorite news generator, Mr. Tom Brady. Now, he, he made the news by not being in training camp this preseason and so I, my question is twofold. One, do you think he's either earned the right to do that? Or two, do you think this is just going to really set him back? I mean, I think he's turning 67 this year. So <laughs> for him to miss training camp, I think could like potentially set him back several years. Obviously, he's you know one of the greatest of all time. But like that's time he can't make up. And the second part of the question is, do you think there's any truth to the rumor that he's really filming uh, The Masked Singer? I'm going to answer the second question first there. <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> I sincerely hope that he is The Masked Singer. That would be one of the joys of this year if that were the case. Chris, I'll, I'll see the rest of my time. Man, I don't know. He gave that interview where he said, I'm 45 and, you know, things come up. So... Everybody played like it was planned, but I don't know if it really was. No, I, re I actually agree with you, Matt. I don't know that he can replicate seasons past because he missed that time. That's time that he missed developing a groove with his, his new teammates. He, a lot of the guys on his team are different. He doesn't have the same offensive line anymore. So, But yeah, give him, like his first season in Tampa Bay, it took him, what, five games to really get into a groove? Once the regular season gets going, I think he'll be fine. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, if I had to guess, I would think maybe there was something going on with his family that he had to handle. I don't think he was on Mass Singer. I'm gonna disagree with you guys on the need for him to be in spring or spring training, for him to be in training camp or spring training for that matter. I, I think he's beyond that. But when when players get older, they don't don't necessarily go to training camp each year. It's not like he's going to the mini camps or anything like that. I think Tom Brady, he, he knows how to do what he needs to do now. And he knows how to get players into the loop relatively quickly. Not only that, but he's got the guys out on the field who know him 
and can get the other guys up to speed on what he wants and what he likes and how he wants his his right tackle to move. You know what I mean? So I, I honestly, I don't think it's really that necessary for him to be there. I think that he needs to be out there when it counts to play and win games. Yeah, I, I think he's going to have a slow start. I, I I think, yeah, he'll still have a great season, but I think like the first three games will not be uh, anything he's proud of. That sounds like something that can be bet on. What do you guys say? I'm in. We didn't wait we long for the bets to Three start. games? Uh, uh, no, we did not. Yeah, yeah, first three games. Let's say, uh, let's see here. What would be good for him? Let's say 800 yards passing. Per game. And... <laughs> no, no, no. All right, all right. I'll give you guys a full 900 yards passing. All right, that's 300 per game. And then we'll say eight touchdowns, maybe seven and a half for the over-under. Okay. And you're saying he's going to get over that? Yeah. I say for the first three weeks, he will have over 900 Over yards. 900 and over eight touchdowns in the first three Five. games? Seven and a half. Over seven and a half. So give over me seven and a half. So when we win, Matt, what do we want Peter to do? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Because we're going to win. Well, well. <laughs> yeah. having said this, I, I also I want good odds here because I'm putting myself out there. So, you know, whatever I have you guys do is going to be much worse than what you have me do. I think pie in the face. Or who, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm down to take a pie in the face if, if I'm wrong on this. Peter, pie in the face? Matt, pie in the face? I mean, yeah. Peter and I could do the pie in the face to each other <laughs> if it comes to that. <laughs> Perfect. And then FaceTime Chris. Perfect. Yep. Excellent. And then Chris, if, well, if you guys end up losing Matt, I will pie face, pie face? Is it, is it pie face? Is that the verb? Sure. You'll pie face Facebook? me. I will pie face you and Chris, would your lovely bride be so willing to uh, pie face yeah. you? All right. I'm I sure that you would not even have to finish the statement and she would say yes. That's well pie I'm finish. She's yeah, got a hidden fridge full of pies <laughs> waiting for just such an occasion. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, somebody finally asked. Yes. <laughs> uh, fantastic. All right. We've got our first bet of the, of the football season. I'm feeling confident that you're way wrong on this, Peter. We'll see what happens, guys. I mean, I think he'll still win several yeah. of those first three games. Like, he could win two out of three, if not three out of the three. I just don't know if he'll have those numbers. All right. Or I'm well, betting he's not. I was going to say, see. we will find out. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. I like this. this What's next, Mr. Getz? All right, next. So, so this is timely. I mean, for us and for probably all of sports fans, because right now is the time where people are gearing up for their their fantasy drafts. And this has been a heated subject in our own little fantasy draft thing. Let's talk about the merits of the normal, just snake draft style. You pick when it's your turn versus auction or salary cap, as they're calling it now. Right, right. So the so, merits? The merits of each. And which do you guys prefer? I like them both. Honestly, they're both fun. The cool part about the the salary cap draft is that everybody has a shot at every player. And so it's it really evens the odds for everybody in the league. And then, it, you know, there is still strategy in it, but you've got to know like, okay, if I'm going to go crazy and I'm, you know, spending a bunch of my, my cap on this player, then I need to come up with a strategy for the rest of the draft which, for the rest uh, of my team. But which which player would that be, Chris? Which player are you spending money on this year? 
Well, asking for a friend. We're not doing a salary cap draft in our league, so was um, you know if if I was sure I'd love to take John. I, I'd probably spend a lot of money on Jonathan Taylor, but it depends on the type of league you're in too. The merits for a snake draft is there are a million different platforms out there where you can do uh, mock drafts and have fun with it before your league actually drafts. And you can see what it's like to draft in every position and you can make trades. You can trade your picks and some leagues, you know, they, they do pick trading. And so it, it is actually pretty fun. You know, say you land the first pick overall on a draft, you could trade your first overall pick for somebody's first and second round pick and they pick seventh. So then you pick close to the turn and you still get another pick. So you end up with three players after the first two rounds um, going into another turn where you pick your fourth player and now you've got studs. So I don't know. There's, there's a lot in my mind. Those are some positives about both. You know, the only downside in my opinion of the snake draft is like, if you are on a turn at the beginning of a draft with the number one pick or at the end of a draft, you're going to wait a super long time to get a chance at another player. So sometimes if you want certain guys, you have to reach really far down that average draft position to grab the guys you want. So you might pick somebody that normally would go in the you know, third round with your second pick because you know it's not going to get back to you. Yeah, no, Chris, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. And I think that's one of the, you know, it's one of the unsung joys of the Snake League is that kind of like, you know, forethought that you have to put into it. Um, I think that that's what the Snake League is really, I don't know if random is the right word, but there's definitely a lot more surprises in a Snake draft. And I, I love just seeing those just like, wait, why did you pick that person there? And then like you realize, oh, yeah, they don't have another 20 picks. It's going to be a while before they get back to it. So I, I'm definitely that's why I wanted to go snake draft this year. I just I enjoy having that kind of uh, that kind of craziness because I've always been a fan of the of the salary crap drafts uh, previously. Someone else agrees. Yeah, Lily's right there with me. So here's what I think for the salary cap. What I love is that you can do so many multiple strategies, like mm. unlimited kinds of strategies of choose the player you want least, pick that as your nominee. Choose the player you want somewhere in the middle early on, or choose a high-ranking player you don't want so other people pay a lot of money. There's like six strategies on every pick that you can do. That's what makes it really fun to me. What I don't I like about That's a snake true. draft is that if you, for whatever reason, can't show up and it auto picks, it's probably not going to be that different than what you would have picked. Like, I mean, you might've gotten like a hundred percent of the players you wanted, but for the spot you're in, you probably would still end up with 65% of the players you would have picked. Yeah. And it's not fun to me if like that decision factor has been removed. Well, and that's, I think that's why I was talking about the randomness, because you're absolutely right. Once, once it gets to be your pick, you only have like a certain bucket of players to choose from at that yeah. point, because it's, it would be too ridiculous to pick someone too low, or you just don't have access to the other players. So I, I totally get that part of it. I, I think it's good to just change it up every once in a while too. So maybe we do a snake draft for the next couple of years, and then we go back to a sales cap, a salary cap league, or, you know, try something different after that point. Who knows? Yeah. I like that. Yeah. We have been doing it for a while, so mm -hmm. that'll be fun. Cool. Good question. Thanks.
Eh, decent. You're welcome. Decent question. All right. So here, next question. I saw this today on my newsfeed. I don't know if you guys saw this. It was like footage from the Bills. I don't know if it was like their locker room or a hotel room or just like some area. And the players were goofing around. They set up like pots and pans in this like hotel room, like one on the side of a couch, one on a table, one on the floor, and then a cup a little further away. And you had to throw a ping pong ball off of one pot to one pan to the other pot into the cup. And like, it's just this like, you know, this rotating (laughs) footage of them all trying it. Some not getting close, some getting close. And then eventually Josh Allen nails it. He gets it. Of like, course. And goes crazy. Always it, the QB. It, it was awesome. <laughs> so my question to you is, what silly time-wasting things like that have you done throughout your life? Maybe like a college activity. Like, I know you guys have done something similar oh, yes. on some level. I have a very specific example. Peter, do you <laughs> mind if I jump in? By all means. All right. So as, as you know, I worked for Enterprise Rent-A-Car for uh, five years, right? And um, at one of my offices, I sat, there were, there were three desks that we sat at in a, in a straight line from the front window of the building, straight back to the back of the building. And I would take the person's pens from the cup out of the, on their desk, out of their cup, and put them back on my desk in the morning because I went through a lot of pens. And then throughout the day, when I'd be at my desk typing, working, whatever, I'd stop for a second and I would play what I called pen cup. And I would take a pen and I would try to launch it from my desk from a seated position at an arcing (laughs) angle and get it into their cup. And the people that I worked with eventually got into this and they were all playing it. And like when I finally made one, everybody went ballistic. Like it was... (laughs) We brought the house down <laughs> because I mean, I'm probably a good, I don't know, 20, 20 to 25 feet back. And I can't, I can, I can see the other utensils in the cup, but I can't see the cup itself. If that makes sense. The mug that was holding the pens. So I definitely did something like that and, and got other people in on it. It was, it was a blast. It was stupid. It wasn't like a time waster. It was, I was simultaneously working, stop for a second, throw a pen, go back to working. <laughs> That's like the definition of a time waste. <laughs> I'm very efficient. You still got the job done. And at Enterprise, that's job one. Yeah, dude, I did. I did that job. You could be on the marketing it. team. Peter, what, what about, about you, you, Peter? You know, I, I, I've been racking my brain. The best I can come up with is when I used to, uh, when I used to, sling cell phones back in the days over at us cellular we would have our uh, we would have our garbage basketball tournaments where you would you know get that little crumpled up piece of paper and then we'd have a little you know fake one-on-one or we play a little horse here and there um that is probably the best that i would come up with for me so i'm going back to my college days and we used to play this game we didn't really call it anything but now i'm going to call it fan pillow catch so what we would do in oh, our I living room, this. You told, yeah. sit on like the couch or the chairs, like so we're all on different sides of the room and there's a ceiling fan in the center of the room spinning. We take a couch pillow, we'd throw it up into the spinning fan and try to pass it to someone else while it's like twirling around. 
there was no real point system, but it was just something we did, and it was perfect. How how quickly did you burn <laughs> out that motor on that fan, Matt? I think it still worked when we left. <laughs> Maybe we didn't try hard enough. I was going to say, that's a legit shocker. That really is. Man. Good times. All Alex, right. <laughs> Alex would have said something funny just now. Alex, we need you, man. Come on through. Alex would have said, dude, I was playing Madden. And uh, that's, that's it. I was playing Madden. <laughs> Like yeah, it's too bad he's not here. I I had like notes in my my draft question to make fun of his drafting ability for the past few years, but oh. I'll oh, save that man. for next time. Perfect. I think, and that's why I want to do the snake draft most of all. We just we need to get Alex back into this league, and I think I mean, that just I, can we talk drafting. about that for a minute? Like he said, the last <laughs> time he won was like 2016. He had the, he had a, the five timers, like Chris's cool video that he made. Good video, Chris. Hey, and what that says to me is you have a family of enablers who allow you to do that. Yes, very much so he does. But yeah, Alex had a really good record. And then like after 2016, he was like dead last for all the seasons. Yeah, and his gap between then, let me just pull up that message because he had a big, big gap before that point as well, if I can find it. So he won... 03, 05, 07, and 08. Then he took an eight-year hiatus, the one in 2016. Mm-hmm. And now he's on another six-year hiatus where he has spent most every season in dead last place. It's shocking, really. Yes. Yeah, but you know what? He's like El Nino. He's always just out there lurking. <laughs> he is waiting to come yeah. back. This might and be I- his year. I honestly, I think the snake draft is going to help him. Like, like Matt was saying, it's it's going to limit the amount of players that he can make poor decisions on, so that way he can actually do a better job. It's, is that it? When did we start the the salary cap draft? Six was it twenty seventeen? <laughs> that would be amazing Maybe if it was. Just I no can't idea. handle the salary draft at all. Maybe Which is odd for a financial gentleman, isn't it? Yeah, but you just can't value the players correctly or something. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, all right, this one, this one's a short one. You ready for this one? Let's go. It's an either or. Is it every day I'm hustling or every day I'm shuffling? Where do you guys stand on this issue? Every day I'm hustling was the original from like 2006. Okay. And then LMFAO said every day I'm shuffling. I'm oh, just saying, which camp are you guys? Oh, I'm I'm hustle camp. Yeah, camp hustle. Yeah, shuffle feels wrong. It does. Every time I hear it, I'm like, no, no, mm-hmm. that's not it. No. Yeah, that's why it's like hustling just feels right. It just that that sentence comes out of the mouth much better. I'm hustle <laughs> camp for sure, all the way hustle camp. I kind of was expecting you to sing it, Chris. Every day I'm hustling. That's about all I can do. Okay. All right. Valiant effort, which <laughs> brings us to the question out of left field. Hey, Matt. Yes, Peter. I think Chris has a question for you. What's that, What's Chris? the question out of left field, Matt? I'm glad you asked, Chris. Question out of left field. This is the part of that show where the only part of the question that has to do with sports is that fun little intro right there. Boom. Every time. Gets me every time. So there, there's a saying 
that I heard once that I, that I found very interesting. It's if you're not embarrassed by something you did a year ago, you're not growing enough. You're not improving enough. You're not getting smarter. You're not bettering yourself enough. So my question is, you can either say something you did a year ago that you're embarrassed about because you have now improved on it, or you can say how you have improved yourself since a year ago, how you've gotten smarter, how you've put in the time to get better at something. Chris, if it's all right with you, I'd like to start on this. Go ahead. There is a fun little app out there called the New York Times Crossword app or the Times Games app. I have been doing the crossword puzzle every day and am getting much, much better at it as the days goes on. And this is the New York Times crossword. These are not easy, easy games. And I'm even getting to the point where I'm getting the Thursday crossword done. Still having a lot of difficulty with Friday and Saturday. Saturday is pretty much impossible to me still. But I'm up to Thursday with completed uh, runs. And then Sundays are so much fun for me now. Now that I understand everything about it, a year ago, I, I, you know, you look back in the archive every once in a while and you're like, wait, how did I not get this? How did I not get that? In addition to that, they have this other game called the Spelling Bee. And mm-hmm. the last three days, I have gotten genius level at the Spelling Bee. So, you know, let's just say that my, my lexicon has gotten much gooder recently. All right, guys? So much gooder. Nice. You threw in lexicon and gooder in the same sentence. <laughs> I like to go to all four quadrants, you know? (laughs) That's That's awesome. How about you, CP Smooth? This is a real tough one. You know, there's things I could say, but I don't... (laughs) Is it easier to say something that you did that embarrassed yourself a year ago? Here's what I'll say. I'm embarrassed the fact that I did not do a very good job helping around the house a year ago. <laughs> and I have seen what a difference it can make when I'm more involved around the house, helping out my wife. So I'm embarrassed of who I was a year ago versus now. If I, if I may ask Chris, which, uh, which chore are you truly excelling at over all others at the moment? Uh, emptying the dishwasher. Ooh, um, well, that's a, that's loading, underrated, sir. Very underrated. Loading Nobody the dishwasher. It. Okay. Drying the dishes. Um, I noticed so, a theme here. Picking up toys. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and just, just general random stuff, but yeah. Matt I'll, I'll take that up. All over the place. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. I'll take that up any day of the week. There's stuff <laughs> everywhere. It happens when you got kids around. All right. So Chris becoming a superhero in the kitchen. Love it. Yeah. I wouldn't go that far. Sort of helping. Trying in the kitchen. Let's put a little bit. Yeah. Sure. And you, Matthew? I was texting this to Chris the other day. This relates to my new hobby. Sort of like you, Peter, how you've been getting better at at crosswords. Mm -hmm. Right now, my latest thing is I want to get better at chess. Okay. So I've I've been studying chess. I've been reading, watching videos on it. I'm looking into getting lessons. I want to get considerably better. And as Chris pointed out, getting better at chess 
actually makes you smarter in other areas. I mean, it, it sounds like super nerdy, but it's like the coolest, most fun thing ever. <laughs> I want to see you nerd. sitting at a table slapping that button, you know? Oh, I do. You know? I'm, I have I'm one looking of those. forward to that. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Staying away from this one, guys. I just, I'm not doing Queen's it. Gambit. Matt style. <laughs> I mean, it's like one of those games where it's like, you think you're good. And then you like get to like the slightly the next level. And it's like, oh, I'm finally at like mm -hmm. a fifth grade level. <laughs> like, <laughs> There's just so many levels you better know, than that. Matthew, thank you very much for Matt Gets Answers. We always appreciate your talentitude when it comes to asking the proper question. So thank you for always being around for us, buddy. Yeah, I try Thanks, to get Matt. gooder for you guys. Always. Oh, it's a preach. <laughs> and that will do it for us here on the hard cap. Chris, one final question. What have you learned today? Ooh, man. I learned that it's hard to think about what the White Sox will be if Jerry is still in charge. <laughs> and that really upsets me. Yeah. On a similar note, I learned that I'm mad as hell. But I'm still going to take it for a little while. <laughs> we all are. Yeah. Yeah, we are. But, Chris, thank you for being back and continue to come back because we're going to continue to be here. On behalf of you, on behalf of our absent friend and mentor and villain, Alex, and on behalf of our special guest, Matt Getz, my name is Peter, and you've been listening to The Hard Cap.